Welcome to the newly cleansed and refreshed In The Game podcast, where we invite you to transform your dreams into reality. Every week, we aim to touch, move, and inspire you to new possibilities for your life. My name is Sarah Maxwell, and is it really time for me to now intro my own show? Heck no! Bring in the Aussie talent to get it done. With their groundbreaking first season as The Nat and Sarah Show, the foundation has been laid for a life of manifesting your dreams. Join us as we delve into the nuts and bolts of what it really takes to bring those dream boards into reality. It's time to dust off your dreams and get back in the game of life. Are you a member of the community? Head to Facebook and search In The Game Podcast to download your three-step journal to begin the workshop-style teachings and gain exclusive access to your hosts and featured guests. Get ready to take action on your possibility. Today, we continue the conversation with the creator of Today List, the product aimed at simplifying not only your day, but your life. I say yes, please, to that. Natalie Jane Cartwright has been in corporate strategy or had been in corporate strategy and human-centered design for over a decade and couldn't let an idea that had been brewing for years go by the wayside. She saw a gap, a gap in the market where more and more technology was being created by the day to simplify our lives. And yet, people seem more frazzled and flustered than ever before. So she went to work on designing a way to help people focus their energy and attention amidst the constant barrage of tech whizzing all around them and achieve balance and a sense of control in their lives. As a mom and founder of two companies, she knew all too well that she too was in need of her own product. She has created a tribe of like-minded people, which has allowed the today list to be more than a product, but a way of life. And I can't wait to get into some of the philosophy behind what Nat has created. When the two of us got to chatting, we could have gone on for hours around focus and our shared passion to help the world feel more productive by developing those healthy rituals and routines that leave them empowered and satisfied rather than overwhelmed and like they haven't done enough. So Nat, are you ready for this? Let's do it. (laughs) You have the perfect name. So, you know, I've been with my Nat for 20 years, so this should roll off the the tongue here. So I want to talk about your product because you know that you've sent it to me. I'm love. I love it. But I want to know more about this creator. So this disruptor businesswoman inside of you, like, was there writing on the wall in the early days that one day that you would rebel against average and be doing what you are today? The signs were definitely there. And I have always had these moments through life and early childhood where I felt like an outsider and not in terms of you know, learning ability or, you know, I wouldn't classify myself as dumb, but I classify myself as different and I've never quite had a label for it. And I think as you're developing into, you know, the person that you become in your early teens and adulthood, sometimes it's hard to navigate when you're not quite sure, you know, who am I? I don't fit into a box. And and so I did find those moments challenging as I was growing up, you know, when everyone was putting their hand up to answer the question that was asked, I was asking myself, well, why are we asking that question? Why is that important? What does it matter? What's the unintended consequences of asking 
that question or finding that answer. You know, when there was a, a, you know, a survey of is it black or is it white? And I'm like, why can't it be grey? You know, I don't want to be a girl who wears pink. Why can't I wear purple? You know, so I always found myself in my own way finding that unique style uh, and just different way of thinking. Got it. I like that. I like the word different popping up. And different isn't always well accepted. Did you find your space even as a young person in being different? Yeah, I did. I know sometimes teachers weren't quite sure what to do with you because I wasn't a naughty child um, and I always got good grades, but I would challenge, you know, the, the way in which we were taught or, you know, the discussions that were raised around, you know, we might do a book review. And I wasn't just doing the review on the words that were on the page, but I was considering, well, what does that actually mean and how does it fit into broader context? So, you know, I, I, I guess I developed early that real system level thinking um, and looking at the essence of what was said but also sometimes what's not said and fascinated by that human behavior and and what drives decision making and what really is core and and true to individuals at their kind of soul and heart level good I can hear I can hear answers to questions that I wanted to ask you like already being answered because before we go there, though, I, I'm so curious. I know that you have a son. Um, I have a daughter. And think back to make-believe play for you um, or what you used to dream about. So I know you were, you were sort of seeing behind the lens already in school, but what did you imagine yourself being one day when you grew up? I always knew that I would have a role or a job that didn't exist today. And I vividly remember using those words to our year 10 career counsellor. We were sitting in a classroom and at the time they would hand you like the TAFE books and they'd have all the course codes. So for anyone who wanted to leave high school at year 10, we'd have these kind of career counselling sessions. So you'd go through this massive um, uh, index book of all these courses and potential jobs that you could get as a result of leaving school. And I remember flicking through them going, oh, none of this appeals to me, you know. Um, I want to do something that doesn't exist today. I know that there is a job out there for me, but it doesn't fit into a box and I can't put a course code next to it. And it's one of those moments where you just can't explain it, but it's just that intuitive, I was just so sure that I would find my ground and my niche and it was one of those moments that you would know it when you saw it. Hmm. And I had confidence, that inner confidence that that would be my path. Wow. I'm so getting why we're friends. Um, so as you started out and none of those typical professions were there written in the book, I, I know that you didn't start out in the atypical job that hadn't been created. So how did you go early days when you were in a corporate role that had already existed and wasn't so different? How did you go in there at the beginning? So when I left school, it was for me around tapping into the who I am, what my strengths are and what energises me. Like I didn't want to follow a linear path. I didn't want to be influenced by what people thought I should do. And I was really, I guess, blessed and, and grateful to have a network around me, including my parents and, and friends that encouraged me and supported me to do that exploration in the early days. And 
um, I ended up in the corporate financial services space and in a learning and development role. And what attracted me to learning and development was the ability to support people to be their best. And I knew early on through that, you know, being in debating and being school captain and sports captain and, you know, like there was a natural leadership element to who I am and what I did, but I also really enjoyed taking others on the journey with me. And so learning and development was a really fantastic way for me to help bring people together, curate conversations, facilitate discussions, uplift and upskill them in particular capabilities and competencies. Mm. That's awesome. So I can see how, and this is a broad stroke, how corporate coaching space was a beautiful niche for you, even before it was so popular. Like it's really popular these days, but how many years ago were you already doing coaching in that? Um, yeah. So I think I'm coming up to close to 14 years now. Okay. And so learning and development uh, for the role I was in at the moment, we're starting to explore how can we take our offering and enhance it to get better outcomes for the organisation, but also ensure that our leaders have the skills and capabilities to be their best. So I was fortunate enough to be put through the executive coaching program within the corporate space. And that was a real aha moment for me where I went, ah, oh, that's it. It was one of those I know it when I saw it moments. And that was the techniques and the tools that I'd been looking for through that early phase of my kind of growth and development. And then I coupled that with wellness coaching because I have a real desire to um, live a healthy um, and wellness style lifestyle. Um, and so when I coupled those two together, I, the pathway for me into the future just became so crystal clear. Love that. Love that. So I imagine through that time of working with so many different people um, that you saw lots of challenges, lots of like gaps in the in the marketplace, things that weren't available. But why had you um, focusing on this idea and why create this product and why create the today list? So the common themes through coaching were definitely things like too much to do, not enough time. You know, there's no shortage of commitments in a coaching session, but there seemed to be a fall off of actions and consistent and sustainable habits to into the future. And, you know, people procrastinating on things that they said was really important to them during a coaching session, but then they go back to the context of their everyday life life gets busy, you know, the ingrained rituals and habits and behaviours and those default styles that we all have take over. And so when I saw that over and over again, you start to question yourself as a coach and say, well, what else could I be doing, right? Following the coaching techniques, using best practice, obviously leveraging all those years of experience and expertise. And I was successful as a coach as per the definition, but I always felt like there was more that I could do. I actually came across um, a today list before it was a today list and started using it and taking it to my coaching sessions. And I was using it as a physical symbol of a disruptive behaviour. And so I'd give it to my clients and say, as we work through the coaching session and you start to make commitments and actions, I want you to use this 
today list as your way of capturing those and holding yourself accountable. And so it it kind of morphed from there. And a mentor of mine said to me, you're using these products in your coaching sessions. You're you know, you're getting really great feedback. Your clients are getting amazing results. You're shifting that dial in terms of sustainable change and new positive habits and rituals being, you know, consistently lived in people's lives. Why would you not take that to the world? You know, one-on-one is fantastic, but you've got an opportunity to scale this. Awesome. And since you are such a systems-oriented woman, that should have appealed to you. Um, Okay, so... Talk to me about um, the difference between the today list and a typical to-do list where you just like grab a post here. Here's my little post-it notes right next to me. Pick them up, write a to-do list, throw it over there on my desk. What's the difference between your methods and let's say what all of us deep down say, when I just get my to-do list done, then I'll have the focus that Nat's talking about. What's the difference? Okay. So the first disclaimer is a today list has a time and a place and a role to help us be our best, right? So it's not a one list to rule them all, as they say. And as I explain more around the methodology and the approach, it will make more sense as to why I say that. Um, You know, the world doesn't need another two by two matrix on how to prioritize our time and our attention. Um, You know, there are an amazing range of um, notebooks and journals and beautiful colored tabs and highlighters out there in the world. We've now got apps and technologies and one notes and, and things like that to help us keep and create these lists. And so I look at that and go, we have better access to information, knowledge and applications than we've ever had before, yet the problem is getting worse. And so the mindset that I bring to something like that is what if we did the opposite? What if we disconnected from technology? What if we removed notifications and alerts? What if we created a single source of truth? So it doesn't eliminate everything else but what it does is it forces you every single day with a clean slate to sit down and say what am I going to do today holding yourself accountable being deliberate around the language that we use and setting yourself up for success so the questions I'd ask you Sarah around things like your post-it notes and your um, lists is do you have multiple sources perfect let's do it do okay let's do it run me through a detox let's go detox ready I'm gonna get out my little post-it notes and I'm gonna show you my to-do list right in my diary right here in really orange writing that no one can see okay detox me so the first question I always ask people is, do you keep lists? Because some people don't, they're not, they don't have an affinity to lists. Mm. And so my product and my philosophy isn't going to resonate with everyone. And I'm okay with that, right? I'm really clear on the niche and the market and the tribe members that I want to support. So that's the first question is, do you have an affinity to keeping a list? Yes, I am okay. a person. And then the next question I have is, do you have multiple sources of lists? Well, yes, I, I, I improved upon it by putting them in the same book. Like I've improved from, I used to have papers everywhere that I couldn't find with lists, but now they're in a similar location in this paper diary. And you referenced post-it notes before. So why do you mm-hmm. use post-it notes if you have a book right. with all your lists? Great question. Because this diary over here is so full 
that I couldn't really find enough space sometimes. So I needed to, these are my, this is called the overflow. Okay. <laughs> and have you ever lost or misplaced or unable to find a list or something you know you've written down and you can't find it? Hell yeah. And to the point, let me just be like your person for this comment. When I were using social media with some of my lists, I can't remember what social platform I've, I've like put things. So like, I'm like, is it WhatsApp? Is it on Facebook messenger? Ah, like, like I find nowadays with more technology, I don't know if it's in my Google account, by the way, I try to go online with Google calendars and do that business. And I've got half, I'm half on all of those. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, like you said, multiple multiple locations so then the question I'd ask you is when you walk into your study in the mornings and you sit down to start your day Mm. how do you know what you're focused on great question I generally start with the making of the list which I do not believe is the most beneficial way to do it okay and so and so you make a list because you've got too many things on the go in different places. Okay, perfect. So what you've just described is the today list. Okay. And so what <laughs> we didn't set that up. I'm not kidding. People think no, we, we didn't. That. That was, she didn't know there was going to be a Sarah Detox question. Okay, that was good. <laughs> and so what you're describing is that need to disrupt your way of operating right so you've got something that works for you in terms of how you capture the way you color code where you um you know source your materials you've got a combination of electronic plus paper and that's working to a degree for you to keep some level of in control some level yes some level of yep. yep and so what we need to do is we need to disrupt that deliberately to say how do we better set you up each day to be successful and be really clear on what are the priorities today. So I have a list of things I want to do, but that's not the same as a today list. Got it. Okay. Okay. So the today, the to-do lists generally have more than, um, you know, 24 hours in a day worth of activities, right? And something like renovate the house might be on your to-do list You can't renovate a whole house in a single day, right? And so what you would do if you started that renovation is you would use your today list to say, what trades have we got today? Do I need to go to Bunnings? Do I need to call Beaumonts? Um, Do I need to follow up the Tyler? So it's those activities which are the subset of that overarching goal. But they're practical, tangible, and you have the ability to do them within the 24-hour time block that we have each and every day. Got it. That's very clear difference. Okay, keep going. This is like, I'm perfect for you because I've got like, I'm going to just like bring all the little objections because I think that's what people do. We like fight for our way of being, even when it's not really serving us fully. So, so once you (laughs) be that person um, and I'm willing to, to just bear all right. So I have done a form of what I'm going to do today, six priorities before, but this is the case I'm going to bring you is that I did it for 15 days, about, about 15 days. And it was working because it was quite like 
I don't move on until I've done that task. I had all these kind of rules around it, but I stopped after 15 days. And, you know, you talk about rituals and routines. So Mm -hmm. tell me, coach me on why would I have stopped that when it was working to some degree? So first question is, why did you start it in the first place? Because a little bit what you just said, like having more commitment to the plan, like the daily plan instead of um, kind of get going down like rabbit holes and, and mm-hmm. like almost switch tasking too much. So yeah. I wanted to get more focused. And you mentioned the number six, if I heard you correctly. So was that part of your criteria? It had to be a maximum of six or yeah, talk to me a bit something more about that had been taught to me around six. And there was, it was problematic. Six was problematic for me. Okay. So what I have found in my coaching um, years is being too prescriptive is part of the challenge for people because they feel like if they can't be perfect, they'll just give up. And Mm -hmm. so what I talk about is there is no perfect number of activities to do in a day. No two days look the same. Life happens Stuff happens, Mm -hmm. family happens, drama happens. So what I talk about is this concept of ratios. And so in any given day, we want to look at the ratios between work, personal and self. And some days you will have more work to do and so the ratio will be higher and therefore you'll lower activities that sit within that personal and self bucket. Mm -hmm. The only explicit criteria I have is that one item of self-care is non-negotiable and that every day and that could be as simple as a hot bath or watching your favorite episode on Netflix you know just before you go to bed or reading a chapter of a book or now that you said that I'm in self-care I'm in self-care right so and that's the one everyone trades off so we all have these lists we want to do all these things but we always deprioritize ourselves and as part of the tribe, what I talk about is before I even get you to start focusing on the lists, we need to figure out who are you, what do you want to be known for, what's your legacy, what are your non-negotiables and what are your guardrails? And we need to be really clear and articulate on that so that when you wake up in the morning and you start talking about choices and trade-offs, you need to be really clear on those choices and trade-offs moving you closer to your best self opposed to not being clear on who you want to be and therefore either not being able to make a decision because you don't know what's a good decision and what's not a good decision or in some cases that kind of self-sabotage loop where you start making decisions out of obligation or guilt but you know that it's moving you away from who you want to be. So I'm so glad that we've just allowed ourselves to go here because the relationship between productivity and focus, and let's say, I'm going to use the word self-esteem. I don't know if that's the word, but maybe our own sense of self-worth. Tell me how, what you've seen with your tribe work, how linked they are, because I feel like we're just like hovering around that topic right here and why it's not just like this um, thing that I take the little pen and draw out my list, like the, the choices that I'm making, what I put on that list, my relationship to its completion, non-completion, all that kind of stuff. How does that relate to my sense of worthiness and sense of, I'll put satisfaction, but maybe even fulfillment. How do they, cause I feel mm-hmm. that, that you, like you are, there's a much bigger philosophy at play here. 
Did I yeah. ask? Did I ask a question? Sort of. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I think you kind of talked yourself around um, on that one. Okay. Um, but if if I extract components of 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 that train of thinking around, you know, the philosophy focusing our attention, and the I guess the the biggest thing I see is people struggle to say no in mm. life. Mm. You know, they have all these requests and asks and pressures on them, and they're never quite sure on what they should or shouldn't say no to. Mm. And so when I see, um, you know, books and articles around how to say no and how to be assertive and, and, you know, they're great and they're great tools and tips and they have their place, but it's not step one. And so what I get concerned about when I see the market and this, I guess the system of, you know, wellness and well-being is we aren't helping people um, solve the problem that they're experiencing by starting at the right end of the spectrum. So we automatically go to, oh, we need a better app. Oh, we need to learn how to say no. Oh, we need to be more assertive. Oh, we need another two-by-two matrix. When, yes, they're all useful, but it's a journey and it's about the maturity and we're not quite there yet. And so this will come in terms of those competencies and abilities to say no and be assertive, but to do that, you've got to be really clear on who you are. Got it. So you're saying step one is about clarifying who you are and what matters. And then the system that you decide to employ can actually work. Is that what, yes. that's sort of what you say? Yeah. Okay. Whereas we yeah. Want to yeah. ignore the big question. Why do you think, okay, so why do people ignore who am I? Yeah. Cause it's really uncomfortable and it's confronting and potentially uh, there are what we call known knowns where there are things that we know about ourselves there's known unknowns and you know there's kind of that unknown unknown element and as you start looking inward you may actually find things that you're not comfortable with or not happy with you know some of my clients wake up in the morning and they look in the mirror and they go I don't even recognize myself how did I get here you know I'm 20 kilos overweight like what happened how did that happen and they've kind of missed this journey of five or ten years of their life where they've just been in survival mode and then one day something happens sometimes it's poor health sometimes it's a death in the family or a close relative people may have lost their job and then all of a sudden they're having an identity crisis and they don't connect the outer version of themselves in the mirror to who they want to be inside Mm. and it takes work to un to unpack that Got it. What I love, I, I'm so glad that we're able to have this conversation because I think it could be simple for people to just pick up another tool, you know, and like the hammer that you never get out of the drawer, it doesn't have a lot of use if you don't use it for, I think you said that on the early piece, didn't you? You said this has a certain place to be used and, and you said that yes. very clearly from the beginning. So, um, what do you see as the overall benefit of having a consistent today list? Now, let's already say that because I'm in your tribe, I now know that knowing who I am and unpacking is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm on that journey already. What's the overall benefit of having a consistent today list? Consistency over time has the cumulative effect of transformation. Right. So, you know, if, you, if I use the analogy of, you know, an eight-week weight loss campaign as an example, right, you don't wake up on that eight, 
you know, the last day of the eight weeks and all of a sudden have lost 10 kilos, right? It's the accumulation of good eating, exercise, weighing in, you know, sleep and um, hydration consistently over the course of eight weeks that leads to that transformation, right? And so I just, that's the biggest thing for me is reinforcing to people that it is about the consistent daily habits. Mm -hmm. It is around the rituals, the practices and the behaviours that over time are like a muscle where you build them and in the short term it is a disrupted way of thinking and living but over time you've you've nudged yourself and your environment so that you, you've built it into the way you operate right and that's the thing i find with coaching is you remove people from their environment you give them the space and the um, permission to explore self, but then they go back to their environment, which might have kids and partners and animals and life and chores and all the rest of it. And all of a sudden, it's not the same context, not the same realm, where mm. by having the today list in the context of your everyday life, it helps people to disrupt that environment which they live so that they can practically start to integrate and build it in to mm. their ways of living I like that. That's really clever. I mean, I really think what you've created, I mean, you're talking to a disruptive minded person. So I, I love how, who you were young, even how you approached this product and what you wanted to create, the questions that you asked yourself about how people were currently doing it and what did you need to remove in order to give people the space to actually live, you know, this more balanced, fulfilled life. Um, hold on. I want to ask you one more question, of course, that you don't know I'm going to ask you. So get ready. Strap okay. It. It's around consistency. Okay. Because, um, I've been touting that for years in another business that I'm in. Um, I was a professional athlete. So consistency, you know, like I, I know about this small improvements over time. You know, I, I just like sort of strap myself in for improvement. However, I feel like a lot of people know about consistency. They know the benefits, you know, however, what's the difference between your personal habits and rituals and the person who knows about consistency, but doesn't do it. It comes to choices. So I would challenge to say they're making a choice not to do it. And the question is why? And if the, if the answer from them is it's not important to me, then that's okay. But they have to actively make that choice. And sometimes being confronted with that question is something they don't want to actually answer, right? What I've found with people is they want to passively kind of coast through life. They want to be the passenger. They, you know, life happens to them type um, mindset. Whereas when you start to ask these questions and present them these options, you're actually forcing them to front up and make the choice. And it's okay if they don't want to do it but they can no longer pretend like life's happening to them and they then become active and choose the, the ramifications and consequences of doing or not doing certain things. Okay, Nat, I just feel, I don't know if other people are feeling this, but I just want to sit in the chair. This is like old school psychology, lay on the couch and be coached by this woman, not to have it be done for me, but so that I too can and choose more and more in my life. I, I love that analogy about a passenger versus the driver and that, you know, we are the creators of our life. What you have created for me, it's like this little 
this thing that seems little, but yet it comes into your life, like you said, and disrupts the whole thing, throws it all on its head. I think you've achieved what that little girl wanted to achieve. I know you're just getting started, but what a great, you know, start in terms of a product because it's just incredible. I've been really moved um, even more than our first chat um, with this. So thank you so much for your openness, your on the spotness um, and just, yeah, taking the ride with me. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We so appreciate you listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community on Facebook by searching In The Game Podcast. There you can download your three-step journal and participate in our weekly live video chats. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review.